Welcome everybody. I am here today with Eric McCoy and Justice Meyer. They are designers, artists, producers of the game Doomlings. All right. Everybody say hi. Hey. Hello, hello. Good hey, morning. Hey, hey, girl. Hey. <laughs> so we're going to talk about the game and uh, how it was developed, where it's going, and where we're at right now. Um, so why don't you guys first start off by telling us a little bit about who you are. Great. Yeah. So my name is Justice. Uh, I'm one of the two creators for the game Doomlings. My brother and I actually incepted this over Christmas of last year, pre-COVID, but COVID presented an excellent opportunity to kind of change your life around, take up a hobby, and <laughs> you know try something new with it. So I love that you're seeing it as a uh, an opportunity instead of a detriment. That's great. <laughs> try to do the glasses half full. A so. doom opportunity. The doom opportunity. <laughs> nope, nope. Doesn't work. Yeah, it, it, we try. You know, you try to squish the words together. Sometimes it works. Sometimes it doesn't. <laughs> it never works. Uh, I, I do want to uh, clarify. So Justice and his brother Andrew, right? I uh -huh. am not Justice, and I aren't related. But I'm Eric McCoy. Uh, so Justice and I were actually directing partners in real life, and then I am one of the developers heading up the campaign to uh, to make it uh, a real a real game for people to buy. <laughs> oh yeah, a real game like a real boy. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> um, so you're you're in development, and it sounds like you have maybe a Kickstarter or something coming up soon. Yeah. So our Kickstarter we're launching on March second. Um, we've been in development for the past year, uh, and you know when when uh, your job kind of goes under with the pandemic, and you've got nothing but time and some obsessive compulsive disorders <laughs> going on, um, <laughs> you know that gives you that gives you the four hundred hours a week that you need to. Um, try to make this up from scratch. So, yeah. right, right. That's the rule, right? Yeah. Ten thousand hours in a week, and you're an expert. <laughs> you're all set. <laughs> yeah, ten, yeah, exactly. The ten thousand hour rule. Yeah, you know, I feel like though, even though like my job is on pause and all that, I feel like right now with the pandemic, I'm working more. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I'm trying to hustle on all different stuff. Yeah. You guys feel that way? Oh, yeah. yeah. It's uh, it's it's been wild. I mean, we've been doing what sixteen hour days, seventeen hour days. Yeah. And yeah. <laughs> like I woke up at four in the morning today without an alarm and I was just like thinking about all the things we could be doing. It's it's so cool when you get to do a hobby for a living man. It is awesome. Yeah. I know the feeling like when you're sleeping and you have this dream or you're imagining a mechanic or something you want to put in there and you just you're like, I got to get up. I got to notebook yep. this before I forget. <laughs> yeah. My my poor brother, you know, so he's over in Iowa. I'm in Los Angeles. So that's mm -hmm. a two hour time difference. And he'll get calls from me. Oh like all hours of the day. I'm just like, Hey, I just, I just came up with some crazy idea. And it's like, uh, okay, but I'm studying for the bar. So can we talk about this later? Yeah. Don't let the bar exam get in your way of game. Design, okay? <laughs> no, it's, um, it's real. Like I think I started dreaming in doomlings probably about a month or two ago. And that's mm -hmm. when it just, it, it like clicked and we're like, Oh, this is, this is the only thing we're going to be working on for the foreseeable future. Oh man, that's the best feeling when you actually feel it rolling forward and you're like, this is it, this is the one. Yeah, yeah. It's yeah. it's it's weird though, cause like, and I remember going through this with film, like we're now entering this phase of like, it's no longer like you have talking points to tell your significant other about where you're like, so this big thing happened that they understand. It's like, so this big obscure thing regarding fulfillment <laughs> centers happened and they're like glazed <laughs> over and like, cool. It's sometimes it's just one of those things where you got to, you can't explain it. You just got to show it, Yeah, you know, and that's it. That's the only way to get it across. Yeah. All right. So let's talk about what the actual game is. Tell me about Doomlings. Yeah. So Doomlings is a lightweight card game. It's for two to six players, 20 to 45 minutes to play. Um, mm -hmm. the, the thing my brother and I really wanted out of this when we uh, first started was to make something accessible for a broader community. 
So uh, my brother in particular plays a litany of really obscure card games um, mm-hmm. and, and, and board games. And we were sitting down playing some of the new ones he had just brought with all our cousins. And it's just, it, you know, it is obviously such a social experience, but some of their favorites we would get burned out on pretty quickly. You know, like there's, there's only so many playthroughs we can do of, of guillotine before we're kind of like, well, you know, it's fun. It's great. Cause we can all play it, but you know, we wanted something a little more. So, yeah. and I've heard this a lot from game designers in general, but we really, we really did want to try and bridge that gap, right. Between say our, our cousins, our mom, our, you know, our aunts. Um, but then also something that would be sustainable for us, kind of like a palate cleanser between our more intricate games, I suppose. So. That's a really thin line to walk. Yeah. When you're going, you know, there's Dominion, which is kind of like the middle of the road. <laughs> yeah. Like that's a nice sweet spot. Yeah. And Guillotine, which is simpler. Yeah. So, you know, our whole, our, our whole theory with this game was make the objective super simple. You're just scoring points, right? Mm-hmm. Make the theme something super accessible. We're all familiar with the end of the world. There's no shortage of that in board games, right? <laughs> right. Um, but, you know, we wanted... <laughs> epic. Yeah, but we wanted it to be fun. Like, you know, think about Doomlings, right? The name, Doom, it sounds mm-hmm. like so kind of depressing. But then you had these lings on the end, and it's got this cutesy <laughs> feel to it. And so we... Right, these little bubble characters yeah. just floating around, ending the world, you know. Casual. <laughs> <laughs> I, I made the mistake of, uh, you have ones that are, um trying to think of the word for it, um, you can only have two of them. Oh, the They're dominant like, traits. Uh, dominant traits. Yes. Yeah, yeah. I was having a little trouble seeing. Even though there's a big giant star in the corner, <laughs> I ended up accidentally playing a third dominant trait oh. just because I, I don't know, I didn't see it. But You go to Doomling yeah, Jail for that. <laughs> <laughs> I was in, Doom, in Doomling Jail. Yeah. So, yeah, so you're stacking up these little Doomlings and they all kind of play off of each other in a lot of different ways. Some of them activate at the end of the game. Some of them activate right away. Yeah. Um, so, and that's what we noticed. Yeah. yeah. And, and, you know, the whole thing is every card is different, right? So, mm-hmm. um, sometimes that's as simple as the point value or the color combination that we're giving to you. Again, these are familiar concepts and games, right? Like, you know, you take magic and they have their lands, right? You have Pokemon, you have mm-hmm. your elements. Well, for us, we just distill it down. They're colors, very simple, right? Yep. But at the same time, all of these traits have these special effects that they perform. So again, a lot of games, they'll have action cards and then they'll have your, how your, your objective cards kind of thing here. We just wanted to combine the two and it has that reminiscent feeling of like, you know, what I love about Hearthstone, for example, you're kind of playing a card (laughs) down and and you have these different effects that can play off of each other um, and give a different impact to the game. The big Mm -hmm. difference here is um, you know, this isn't a deck building game. It comes ready to play, right? So, you know, your friend, oh, yeah. your friends, all the cards are there. You don't have to collect anything. You just go. Yeah, exactly. And I think what mm-hmm. surprises people, um, both both for the uninitiated, but also you know the people who are much more familiar with some of these things, is how many combinations and possibilities you can really do with this. Well, what's interesting is is, is also because the ages, which are like the rounds in the game, are randomized. Mm-hmm. Y- you know, you end up. You'll play nine to thirteen ages out of twenty-five possible ages, or twenty to twenty-five possible. So, so the game itself is is always unique in sort of every single way that you play it. That actual like stacked deck, like ages setup, is is really cool. I've seen it in a couple different games. Like I think Pandemic kind of has something like yeah, that. For yeah, for sure. So it's good though. Once people learn how to actually set that up, it, it kind of works good because there's a expectation. There's like a range of things that can happen, but you don't know exactly when they're going to happen so you can't fully plan for it yeah so that's good i like that uh, and if you have one friend that's experienced with that kind of mechanic the other three or whatever that are playing don't have to worry about it too much it just kind of happens yeah 
So that's nice. That that helps to bring in some people that are not as hardcore of a gamer. Yeah. Again, kind of bridging that gap, you know. Did you guys find that there is at a certain point in the game a little bit of AP, like where people are like, oh, I'm trying to pay attention to so many combinations that people have going that it gets difficult to like track it? Yeah. So, you know, one thing we wanted to do with this game was kind of remove the pressure of tracking it in a way um, by overwhelming you a little bit. So again, like <laughs> we call this, we call it a palate cleanser, right? So the idea is that um, people who are really into games and want to try and figure out, well, we're going to make you work for that. <laughs> you know, like you're you're really going to have to work and, and play multiple times to really try to understand what it is people can be doing. While in the meantime, players who want to play more casually, right, and kind of enjoy themselves, well, they're not getting beat down by people who are really able to track their 10 or 15 traits, you know, and, um, mm -hmm. and in a way, in a way we kind of feel like that's emblematic of the end of the world. There's only so much preparing you can really do right uh -huh. before, um, before things go haywire. So, yeah, I think by the time it gets overwhelming, you've kind of been learning it incrementally, you know, you're seeing things come out slowly. So you kind of learn how they interact with each other. And by the time it gets crazy, the game ends. Yep. So Well, and, <laughs> and we also, we like to say, you know, I mean, when in doubt, just play the cutest card, right? The way the best way to learn is to just learn by doing, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, I'd say there's very few cards that are bad, you know. Sure. And like, <laughs> there's enough of them that could mess you up, you know, a little bit if you're not paying attention. But such is yeah, life. Very few of them are bad. So yeah, exactly. Yeah. So for anyone listening, you know, the way you score points, you've just got a hand of traits, right? So um, at the start of the game, everyone starts with five traits, and they're all worth points, and most of them have these special effects that they do. And so once on your turn, you get to play one trait. Now, I was going to say, uh, you, you know, when you play that to the table, that's how you score points. And sometimes you get some effects out of that. But we do have some cards, like there's one called Confusion, and it's just a colorless card. So you can't really get bonuses off of it. And then it has no effects, and it's worth minus two points. And I think our flavor text <laughs> is, you may be wondering why this trait exists. So, yeah, you know. There are ways to force people to have cards and play and stuff like that. So yeah. sometimes you'll see a card that like, why would I ever play this? Well, the answer might be you won't. <laughs> well, or you might play it into your opponent's hand, you know? Yeah. So there, there is some like mid-level strategy in there. Yep. Or if you're, what is it called? Genetic uh, pool, like your gene pool. Your I gene guess it pool. Is, right? yeah. 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 Gene pools. It's interesting. It's another kind of resource that you use. Um, in the game, it determines how many cards you can have in your hand at a time. Yeah. I thought that was an interesting that you could kind of spend that pool to do stuff in the game. You know, we, we wanted to kind of do our card digging, um, our deck digging a little differently. You know, uh, I'm not saying, look, this has never been done before, but I certainly am not familiar with games that have this type of feature. Um, so, Michael, mm -hmm. go ahead and call me out here. But um, <laughs> the idea of the gene pool is everybody has their own gene pool. And that mm -hmm. dictates how many cards you're supposed to end your turn with. So we have a phase right. called stabilizing. And that means if your gene pool is currently five and you have four cards in your hand, well, you draw one to get to five to be mm -hmm. stable and end your turn. If you have six cards in your hand, then you discard one to get to five. Um, and yep. there are a lot of clever sort of mechanics we can sneak into the game that players at first are sort of like, well, why would I, do, why would I play this card that makes me discard a card from my hand? But, mm -hmm. you know, just simple little things like that start to click and you're like, oh, this just means I get to draw one more then when my turn's done. It's a deck digging mechanic in a way. Kind of so. flush out some of those less valuable cards. And I love the fact that, you know, you have cards in there that you created that you didn't make them with a specific combination or use in mind. 
you just kind of put them in there and see how they interact with each yeah. other. Yeah. Which, which is a lot of fun for players and actually for designers too when they see other people notice some kind of weird combination yeah. they can do with the different cards you put in. I, I remember <laughs> the first time we were playing, this was on New Year's Eve, I was playing mm-hmm. it with my roommate and a couple friends and mm-hmm. there was this accidental three-card combo that happened and it, it uh-huh. just like opened up the world for this player. She was like, <laughs> oh. And then like... Ever since she comes into the game and she's like, you guys are just, you don't stand a chance anymore. Like it's, it, there's something beautiful. <laughs> I know that the happened. secret. Yeah. Right. I've unlocked it. Yeah. Now have you guys along the development and it's still uh, slightly in development, right? Are you still, yeah, so, or is everything in to give an idea? So we've sent out, um, 70 prototypes to reviewers, uh, um, mm-hmm. us and then six other countries. We have, um, we have, including Kazakhstan. <clears throat> yeah. Oh, Kazakhstan. Yeah. Very nice. <laughs> I like. Um, we, we've also sent out quite a few, pro- you know, in the early days, this was being play tested online. The pandemic has really changed the way we play test, right? But in a way, mm-hmm. by setting that up online, that also gave us access to more voices outside of our own bubble, um, which was really nice. But because cards are relatively inexpensive to mm-hmm. produce our prototypes, we knew this this game was really reliant on the feel, the art. You know, the that's very much mm-hmm. part of this, you know, carefreeness at the end of the world. So we wanted to make sure we had physical prototypes in other people's hands. Mm-hmm. And um, so we are constantly, constantly playtesting to try to walk that, th- that very thin line of accessibility, <laughs> right? And yet depth. Mm-hmm. Um, and right. so, but the nature of the game, what's nice about this is at this point, it's more like we're testing the little ideas on the cards. It's not the broader game so much. We have some mm-hmm. questions with rounds and things like that, but for the most part, it's just, it's kind of circling back around to decide, well, what is that final collection of 150 plus cards that, mm-hmm. you know, that we really want, um, the first time player to experience. Now, have you guys gotten some good feedback from playtesters out there to change things or add things, take things away? Yeah, and uh, if behind the scenes you want to uh, send us your laundry list of suggestions, um, we <laughs> yeah, I'll, yeah, I'll I'll poke a couple ideas out yeah. there because we just played it for our show actually. Oh, okay. Which brings me to I have we had a couple questions, really one hotly contested uh, question. Yes, let's get into it. I have a feeling I know what you're going to say, but um, a couple of us were wondering about the concept of a stack like a stack of cards, mm-hmm. how it, how that uh, is defined. My idea of a stack is that it's you can splay it out, you can do whatever you want, keep it in the same order, but available for everybody to see, while some of the other guys wanted to just stack it in a tight stack, don't let anybody look at it. You're talking about the gene so, pool, right? Or I'm sorry, the, the yeah, trait pile. Pool, st- yeah, yeah, the trait yeah the, sorry, the trait pile stacks. Yeah, yeah exactly, stack your genes. So so what do you? What is your definition of a stack for this game? So Andrew and I, my brother and I, have been talking about this for you know since we first started this. And um, the non-answer first is actually um, we have kind of accepted that games like these, you're always going to have um, contestation of interpretation, right? And in a way, that's yeah. kind of the nature of gameplay, right? My my brother likes to think of himself as the rules lawyer, and he absolutely is. <laughs> but we're both sons of philosophers, so we will spend 20 and 30 minutes debating a little, you know, and then our cousins don't want to play oh, yeah. anymore, right? But what is, Us is. Too. Same thing. So we, for now, have left that up to the player. Um, mm-hmm. But I, I'm on your side with it. I'm sort of like, I'm sort of like, look, if you really want to be a jerk and not let people see, fine. But I, I think they should be displayed out. We certainly have a lot of effects that you kind of need to know what's going on in the other person's trade pile in order to, mm-hmm. 
in order to um, go with it. But look, this is not a highly competitive game. Let's all just share with each other. You know what I'm saying? Just open it up. I I will say, I mean, if you've got a situation where I get to take one of your purple traits, Mm -hmm. I need to know what your purple traits are. Yeah, exactly. I mean, come on. Yeah, I, I always threaten my group with notebooking, which means basically if you want to try to hide things that were once public information, I'm going to pull out my notebook. <laughs> I'm going to write down every single thing in order. So and you're the guy I want to go down. to Vegas with. <laughs> well, you know, on that on that note of public information, you know, one thing that's that we've been playing with trying to figure out, well, do we want to define this in the rules is whether or not you display your discard pile. And, you know, yep. we have some interaction with the discard pile. Um, I would see I would say. There are far too many possibilities for people to actually be card counting. What I mean, you would just have to memorize our whole our whole game for that to be valuable. Yeah. But people can do that. Yeah, <laughs> that's very there true. But but um but yeah, that's a question we've got. But um but yeah. yeah. I mean, in, in other games that I've seen in general, like anything that you may have access to during the game that has once been public information should be available to scene publicly even if you want to stack it like if i want to look at your discard pile or whatever i should be able to do that just because it has been public and it may be accessed later in the future yeah so that's a very good point and i I think the other argument to be made for that is Mm -hmm. it it makes it not a game of skill so much as a game of chance right because we all have different Mm -hmm. memory capabilities and that shouldn't be a factor in whether you're good at doom lane yeah, and I figure you guys would have built some kind of memory thing into the game if you wanted it to be a game about memories. So. Yeah. All right. So <laughs> I think that question has been answered sufficiently. Settled. Here. <laughs> All right. Um. So yeah. So you're. So the cards are still you know open for adding, subtracting, changing a little bit of stuff here and there. That's awesome to know. Yeah. What are your plans like what is the immediate plan what is your long-term plan for this game so immediate plan is we're running this kickstarter i can let eric talk a little bit about some of those challenges um you know we didn't we had never done a kickstarter uh you know we had kind of over the summer been floating this around to some agencies to help us out just Mm -hmm. to get the word out with this and then um i think in september we really pulled the trigger because we knew we were gonna have to start from scratch right (laughs) which Mm -hmm. is a really scary thing and the more you learn about kickstarter the more you'd don't know about Kickstarter. It's just <laughs> incredible. Um, mm-hmm. You know, so so our hope is that we can build kind of a, you know, a, a small community of support. Um, hopefully they'll kind of see the heart behind this, right? We're not a big name company that was setting out to make a quick buck. Um, actually, if I'm being perfectly honest, like we want to, mm-hmm. we're going as far as we can for the quality of these cards we want them to withstand the the test of time i really feel like that tactile experience of knowing you're holding something really i mean you know you saw those prototypes we didn't skimp on those for prototypes no they they actually that was a really good quality for a prototype we think that's part of the experience you know we're all kind of sitting around enjoying ourselves we shouldn't be worried if we're spilling our wine on the cards you know we (laughs) we want to feel like we're we're playing something nice you said all too specifically (laughs) (laughs) yeah just to simplify the answer though is um we got to see how Kickstarter goes. If we can cover kind of our initial costs with that, um, then then the next hope is we um, expand out to some e-commerce and we'll be able to develop these expansions out even further. Um, we like to think of these as kind of like early access pieces, and then we have a um, a totally uh, different spin on the on the world of Doomlings oh, that really? we want to bring out. Yeah, it's a it's an actual <laughs> board game, not a card game. But we got to get there. Production wise, a, a strictly card game is. Is your good first opening route? Great tiptoe um, in. Cardboard is is expensive. <laughs> <laughs> so with the Kickstarter, our our hope is 
you know, yeah, like I said, we want to, we want to get this out to a core group of people before we go mm -hmm. into a broader market. Um, this would be sort of a, a ground floor. And, and because of that, we're, we're doing several Kickstarter exclusive cards. Mm -hmm. We're doing a couple of cool. Kickstarter exclusive boxes. We'll have a black box edition and a gold box edition, Ooh, which gold box. Uh, it, I can't <laughs> share it yet, but it looks very, very sexy. I don't want to pry too much into what it is, but is it going to have different components like, or just better components? Or So we're, the, the gold box is going to have, first of all, every expansion. So it's a total of, I, I don't have my count in front of me, but I know it's over 250 cards. Um, and, and this kind of, this kind of game easily expands, right? You're just, you're playing with different ideas, right? The game itself doesn't change. And so we're able to introduce new mechanics in that way. Can't get too far into it. Cause this is always a question of how, how it goes on Kickstarter, but we want to do things like hollow foil and gold stamping and just make these feel, Ooh, you know, like that yeah, feeling when you're 12 and you're opening Pokemon cards for the first time and you get that holographic mm -hmm. chancy. I'm sorry. I'm a sucker for that. <laughs> And I, I got you. I, I was a big Magic the Gathering player, yeah. so I know exactly what you're talking about there. Every that's good yeah. stuff. That's it's, what we want for this game. And so. we are so we yeah. are going to do a few. So some of the expansions that Justice was mentioning, we have mm -hmm. expansions that both expand the the kind of content of the world. So things mm -hmm. like uh, Dino Doomlings, things like Techlings mm -hmm. that we're going to have oh, expansion wow. packs for. But then additionally, we're going to have expansions that uh, advance the game uh, mechanics. So that's good to slowly introduce new mechanics to the game once they get the base core of the game down. That's the way to do yeah. it for sure. And the two main ones I can close that out was um, attachments. We're going to play with an attachment mm -hmm. feature that um, that works quite nicely in this game. And then um, mm -hmm. uh, and then we have a kind of like a twist to the rules called the meaning of life expansion. So everybody starts okay. with a hidden objective that can just um, that you can work towards to increase your chances of winning. That's nice. That'll keep things fresh for you. Yeah, but it was one of those things where we didn't want to introduce it into the, the, the base game because we wanted everybody to have kind of an, an even foundation. No, that's smart, yeah. Yeah, and then I think from there, you know, being able to offer advanced play expansions to those the, the, the gamers that are much more serious, want to spend more time in the world, um, that's something that we're going to be rolling out with the Kickstarter so that people can, you know, upgrade literally in the same uh, day. Awesome, guys. Anything else you want to tell anybody about this game before uh, we wrap it up here? We know that there's plenty of um thought about the end of the world considering we're in a pandemic but <laughs> good time we, yeah. we want to reassure everybody this you know the whole concept behind this is enjoying the time you've got while you've got it and so yes we we didn't talk about catastrophes you know these special rounds but we have things like nuclear winter and ai takeover and super volcano <laughs> but you know all of these creatures in our game are are very fun they're friendly and i i think you kind of you forget about the doom and gloom and despair aspect of the apocalypse. And, mm. and instead, it's, I think the focus is a little more like, well, look, if it's inevitable, we might as well enjoy it while we've got it. We like to say it's the end of the world and I feel fine. That's kind of, that's kind of our <laughs> mantra. I'm hoping that people will get that reference yeah, too. Or, maybe. or am I just feeling pretty old? <laughs> I, know, right? I think it was like one of the most downloaded songs last year. Oh, really? Oh, yeah, that makes a lot of sense. People just needed a little ska dance. <laughs> nothing nothing more cheerful than a little ska. Right. Good wake up. All right. Um, All right, guys. Well, that was that was really awesome. I think people will know a little bit more about what's going on with Doomlings. Doomlings. Yeah. You know, just remember that. Launching on Kickstarter March 2nd. Excellent. Yep. We'll be sure to um, to talk about it on our show very soon, too. So everybody tune in for that. All right. Eric McCoy, Justice Meyer. It was really great talking to you today, guys. And uh, hopefully we'll see really good things from Doomlings in the near future. Such a pleasure. Thank you, Mikey.